0: part of our second service. I said, if you were part of second service on Sunday, there was just this move of, of the spirit worship was phenomenal. And just that you could sense the presence of God. And, and we know that because of people responding, uh, to the Lord and, and rededicating their lives to the Lord and reaching out and, uh, you know, letting us know that, uh, you know, God was moving in their life. His grace was active. And, uh, uh Mike, uh, coach, uh, butler he was uh telling us you know that the same thing you know in, in the youth service as well and it was just something you know god was doing uh he moves uniquely you know that's the beauty of how god when there's a it's as he desires uh, you know he moves and and sometimes it's just like a gentle breeze he comes through and there's just a a time of refreshment and we're always praying that our wednesday night service would have that kind of uh uh, feel to it, that when you're here, that you just experience the grace of God for yourself, that uh, you know that he's present in your life. Uh, I'd sat by uh, Pastor Mike Cosper when I came in because he was sitting in the back by himself, and I sat down next to him, and I said, uh, hey, Mike, I'm just going to sit by it because I don't want you to be alone. And uh, he looks over at me and he smiles, and he, ru- he ruined it, I just want you to know. Because my next statement was going to be, I wanted to say, Mike, I just want you to know you're never alone. But before I could do it, he looks at me and smiles and he goes, I'm never alone. And I said, okay, I go, take my joy, you know, just, yeah. but, uh, you know. But, you know, his joy is in this place, in the lives of people. And uh, I just appreciate the opportunity we have to share that. And uh, before, you know, I have Javi come and share, I wanted, it was just something that the Lord it, it didn't have this planned. Um, just praying you know as it was just enjoying worship and really watching Javi uh, worship the Lord he loves to worship God he loves to sing um, you know i don 't want to get into his testimony though I know it and uh, it 's neat when you know somebody 's testimony and you can tell it. Um, you know, cause then the competition is I can say, Hey, Avi, I can share your testimony better than you can, you know, but, uh, uh it's a wonderful testimony of God's faithfulness and it, but it reminded me as we were worshiping of the story of Mephibosheth. How many of you are familiar with the story of Mephibosheth? Uh, Jonathan's son, the grandson of King Saul, if you remember. And I want to read this uh, in, to you and, and then take a moment here and pray and then share a little bit more with you. Um, just in, in understanding something, you know, that the Lord, I know, wants to minister to all, our, all of our hearts tonight as Javi shares with us. In Second uh, Samuel chapter 4, if you have a Bible, you can read this with me. It says in 2 Samuel chapter 4, verse 4, it says, Jonathan, Saul's son, says he had a son who was lame in his feet. He was five years old when the news about Saul and Jonathan came from Jezreel, and his nurse took him up and fled. And it happened as she made haste uh, to flee that he fell and became lame, and his name was Mephibosheth. And it's a really interesting story, you know, about how that happened. You know, with the it, obviously the news of. of Jonathan and Saul, as they were killed on the battlefield, the news was made. And you understand, you know, as a monarchy, um, there was the fear that, you know, whenever there was a transition of power that, you know, the next king who would come in, which was obviously going to be King David, that he would kill, you know, the the belief or understanding was that he would go through and then kill all the uh, predecessor, uh, you know, monarchy. So that way there's no uprising, you know, against him. Uh, it wasn't David's heart at all. You know, David loved Saul and uh, ministered to him. It was Saul who who hated David, um, and so it's a it's a wonderful story. Uh, Mephibosheth will spend the next 15 years really living in fear, and and it was one of those things that as I was thinking about this tonight, because of Grace Active, you know, is that Grace is that word that I want you to really hold on to and think about tonight that you know when we think about grace we always obviously, obviously go to Ephesians you know chapter 2 and you know, we understand for by grace we've been saved through faith and not of works, which any man can boast. It's the gift of God, right? Gift of unmerited favor, you know, grace, you know, God's riches at Christ's expense. You know, that's, some of us know it that way. Um, it's a beautiful thing. But I wanted to take a moment and and pray with you. Uh, and even before we do that, I wanted to remind you tonight, some of you have already heard, you know that uh, uh, David and, and Callie are, or, or, excuse me, Kenny and Callie, not David. No. Kenny and Callie are getting married on uh, Saturday, and we're going to be redoing the, the sanctuary, turn this in for their reception, and uh, we could use your help immediately uh, after the service. Um, I know we're going to leave some of the chairs, and, and Kenny and Callie will direct us on that, but a lot of the chairs we need to uh, move, and so uh, we need all the women um, that we can get to stick around, strong women. After the service, that was a joke. Um, you know, people, uh, no, stick around if you can help us. A lot of our youth will be in here, but it's that old expression, many hands make work light, amen? Uh, we can wipe this out in just a, a few minutes if you can stick around, and we'll, we'll, uh, hopefully we'll uh, cut it a little short tonight so that we can do that and accomplish that and, and still give you time to... Get home and brush your teeth and get to bed and uh, just sleep sleep well he keeps them in perfect peace whose heart is set on him amen enjoy your your sleep tonight but let's pray father we thank you for tonight and thank you for javi that he's here with us and to share his testimony and i know that you'll bless it and uh, you'll bless him you'll bless us through him i thank you for every person who's here and uh, lord it's never an accident god There's always things going on, and and some can be here, some can't. There's some that are watching online tonight. I pray that they'd be blessed at home, that, uh, Lord, your grace would be active there as well. It's always a wonderful thing when we gather together in your name. Uh, There's just something special about you being in the midst of us and thank you for just a wonderful night of worship and singing your praises and we look forward to doing that even again tonight before we leave this place there's nothing that compares uh, like David would say better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere that God you would reveal um, yourself to us that we would have that in our heart that we there's nothing that would compare there's nothing this life could have to offer us that would compare to the joy of knowing you And so we give you tonight and just pray your anointing over it, that you'd bless it, bless every heart, every person here tonight. We pray in the wonderful name of Jesus. And again, we all agreed saying amen. Amen. And then if if you look in chapter 9 in 2 Samuel, it goes on. Now, this is 15 years later, mind you. That's what I want you to think about with regard to God's grace you know to think you know that Mephibosheth has been living in fear thinking you know that he's looking over his shoulder every day you know not understanding you know the grace of God and maybe you're here tonight and you you don't understand the grace of God now uh, there's a beautiful picture in this, you know, of, uh, it's a covenant relationship. If you go back and, and you study, you know, first uh, Samuel, you remember, you know, uh, Jonathan, the son of Saul, he was the heir obviously to the throne, but he knew that God had anointed David to become the next King. And it says that, you know, when, when David served before Saul uh, and Jonathan was there with his father, he would listen to the words that David would would speak and he would listen to David worship and to sing and bring comfort to his father. And it says that the, the heart of Jonathan was knit to the soul of David. And it says, and he loved David as himself from that day forward. There was was this wonderful relationship that existed between Jonathan and David. And so Jonathan made a covenant with David that he would remember uh, Jonathan and his family. And so even after, you know, Jonathan was killed, David never forgot. You know, love doesn't forget. Love remembers. That's one of the beauties of love you know, God's love for us and, and the love that we can share, you know, together as well. And so here after Jonathan, his father and Saul, his grandfather's death, it goes now 15 years that he's lived, you know, not understanding that grace was being extended to him. And I want you to know tonight, you know, God's grace is being extended to you. And if, if, if we all got what we deserve tonight, it it definitely wouldn't be heaven, would it? And yeah, but yet God, in his, his his riches, in His glory, I mean, he is in his kindness, He is extending that grace to us. and he wants us to experience that grace. and And I loved, you know, uh, again, when you think about as we were going into you know worship tonight, and, and to think of, you know, Job and, and the things that are shared, you know, with regard to, you know, Job's life. And and maybe you're here and you feel like, gosh, you know, I, all these things are happening to me. You know, it's like, what have I done wrong? And it's not that you've done anything wrong. You know, it, it can be at times. But it, because we suffer and we hurt and we go through things and trials, doesn't mean that, you know, that God is against us. Uh, a lot of times it's like it's, we were sharing worship, you know, that You know, it's God's pruning. It's God preparing us. He's got something greater when we know that, you know, that we know some the best for us as believers is still yet to be. God, God is working in us. uh, His will and for his good pleasure. And and we'll see that tonight as, as Javi will share. But it reminded me, like I said, in worship of, of the story of Mephibosheth. And so here in chapter nine, David now, he's thinking of his own life. And it's one of the things when you know that you've experienced the grace of God in your own life is that you want to extend kindness to other people. You know, it, we serve a very gracious God, amen. And, and kindness is one of those things that uh, we, we see. It's the, one of the, in the sense of the fruit, not one of the fruits, but it's the fruit of God's spirit, as His love is being manifest in our life. Kindness will come, and and you'll think about people, and you think about ways that you can show the kindness of God to them. And and David, you know, he's he's overwhelmed with the goodness of God in his life, and so he's sitting in his house and he's thinking, you know, is there anybody left in, in Saul? Think about this. You know, in Saul and Jonathan's life, you know that I can show kindness to. Remember, you know, Saul was trying to kill him, but he was remembering Jonathan, his friend, who had who had served him so faithfully and protected him when when his own father, when King Saul was trying to kill David, Jonathan risked his own life for his friend. And you think about that—what love! You know, as the Bible says, no greater love is any man than this that he would lay down his life for his friend. That the the love between Jonathan and David was so special. You know in the purest of ways. And so here's David going, is there anybody in Jonathan's family that I can show kindness to? 15 years later. And they come and this is what it says in 2 Samuel chapter nine, pick it up in verse one. It says, now David said, is there still anyone who is left in the house of Saul that I may show him kindness for Jonathan's sake? It says, and there was a servant of the house of Saul whose name was Ziba who, as they called him to David, the king said to him, are you Ziba? And he said, at your service. And then the king said, is there still not someone of the house of Saul to whom I may show the kindness of God? And Ziba said to the king, there is still a son of Jonathan who is lame in his feet. So the king said to him, where is he? And Ziba said to the king, indeed, he is in the house of Macher, the son of Emilio of Lodabar. It says, then the king said and sent to him and brought him out of the house of Machir the son of Amelia, from Lodabar. It says, now Mephibosheth, the son of Jonathan, the son of Saul, had come to David. He fell on his face and he prostrated himself. And then David said, Mephibosheth. And he answered, and he said, Here is your servant. And so David said to him, Do not fear, for I will surely show you kindness for Jonathan, your father's sake, and will restore to you all the land of Saul, your grandfather, and you shall eat the bread at my table continually. And then he bowed himself, and he said, What is your servant that you should look upon him such as a dead dog as I? And the king said to Ziba, Saul's servant, and said to him, I have given to your master's son. All that belonged to Saul and to, the, and to all his house. You therefore and your sons and your servants shall work for the land for him. And you shall bring in the harvest that your master's son may have food to eat. But Mephibosheth, your master's son, shall eat bread at my table always. And now Ziba had 15 sons and 20 servants. Then Ziba said to the king, According to all that my lord the king has commanded his servants, so will your servant do. As for Mephibosheth, said the king, he shall eat at my table like one of the king's sons. Mephibosheth had a young son whose name was Micah. And it says, and all who dwelt in the house of Ziba were servants of Mephibosheth. So Mephibosheth dwelt in Jerusalem, for he ate continually at the king's table. It says, and he was lame in both of his feet. And the thing that the Lord, you know, really impressed upon, you know, my heart as we were worshiping is I want you to think about this. You know, we celebrated communion. And I want you to think about Mephibosheth because he probably, because of a handicap, he felt less than whole. He probably felt like he was less than everybody else. And yet you see this beautiful picture that David invites Mephibosheth and it says he's lame in his feet, Right. And he says he's gonna eat at the, the king's table. And so when you come to a table, can you see anybody's feet? Are you able to see their feet? You go, no, you basically you are seeing them from here up. And it's a beautiful picture of God's grace that when we're at the king's table and we're enjoying being in his presence, there's a oneness, there's a sameness. No one knew that he was lame in his feet. No one even cared. They were just enjoying the fact that there was an invitation to come and to eat, to sup at the king's table and to be treated as what? One of his sons. It's the same invitation for you and I as we come to God and we accept our sonship in him. Our problem is, isn't it, that we all struggle with, you know, we we know our lameness, don't we? Every one of us in here tonight has an area of our life where we're lame and we know it. And God knows it. And guess what? He still loves us. And He still invites us to come to the table, and He's still working in us. And one day we're not going to be lame. You know, one day when we enter into heaven, you know, we're going to get a resurrected body. Then one day a glorified body altogether that's going to be perfect, without any pain, without any suffering. I mean, you think about you know one day how it's going to be. But this is a it's a it's a it's a glimpse, it's a taste of of this wonderful joy that we can experience. In Jesus Christ coming to the King's table and that's always what communion was meant to be you know if you have a problem with somebody the Bible says before you receive communion you should do what you should you know, lay your gift down at the altar and you should go and be reconciled so that when we're sitting around the table there in that sense there's joy we're getting ready to celebrate Thanksgiving and it's so sad in many ways for some people because Thanksgiving isn't a time that they look forward to it's that time they go, oh, crazy uncle, cousin, you know, so-and-so's coming. and You know, we got to, you know, does anybody have, no, I don't want to know. <laughs> you have somebody like that. You're, but you go, a lot of times people don't look forward to getting together at the holidays. It's a difficult time. And I understand that because this isn't heaven. But we get a glimpse in a sense of heaven in this story of Mephibosheth, a real story though. One that I hope ministers to your heart that you, know, that you see yourself tonight, and if you're in Christ Jesus and you've received Christ as Savior and Lord, that you have an invitation. And one day, the book of Revelation says, we're gonna sit at the marriage supper of the Lamb. And we're there, there's no, there's no lameness anymore. We're whole, we're home, and we're together, and we're one. And, and, and I hope and pray that on nights like this that you get to experience some of that. That as you receive communion, that you're reminded, you know, as Mike was reminding me, that he's never alone. You're never alone, that God is with us. Every time we receive communion, we have that reminder. Because you know what? You can be sitting in this room tonight with everybody that's in here and feel totally alone, like nobody cares, nobody understands. There is an attack of the enemy that's continual in our life. But it's not true. You're not alone. He's with you. And if you didn't accept the invitation, you know, to come to that table, Jesus said, you know, uh, he said, no longer do I call you slaves, but I call you friends. To be a friend of God. It's his invitation. You and I get to say, I accept it or I don't. And my hope and my prayer is thats is that you're accepting it. You know, tonight, I just want to take a moment here and, and pray for Javi. Um, He's got some books that'll be available in the back. He'll share that with you as well, but I wanted to let you know that uh, he's got an autobiography that he's written, and uh, it's a wonderful testimony of his life, and I know that you'll enjoy, if you haven't heard his testimony, you'll really enjoy it. If you have, you'll just be encouraged all over again, and uh, so let's pray for him. Father, we thank you so much, Lord, for the opportunity to be able to come into this place and Lord have the freedom to worship you if we wanted to stand uh, everybody that wanted to stand could stand and they could raise their arms towards heaven and not feel encumbered at all if we felt the need to sit or needed to sit or had to sit uh, Lord we're still we were all worshiping you and Lord that's what we want to do tonight is worship you we want to worship you in song we want to worship you in spirit we want to worship you in truth Uh, Lord we just want to worship you because, Lord, we know when we worship you, it seems like all the cares that we had in this world, they just they just flee, they just drift away. And, and our hearts and our minds are set on the thing that matters most, on the things up above. And so, Lord, thank you for freedom tonight. Thank you for the joy that fills the hearts of these that are here to worship you. We pray for Javi tonight, Lord. Thank you so much for his life. What an encouragement. Lord, to watch him worship. Lord, with just with abandonment, not caring what anybody might think. Lord, just wanting to, to love you and to appreciate you and to thank you, Lord, for your faithfulness in his life. And may you just use him tonight to minister to us. Lord, we thank you so much for the opportunity to come to this place, Lord. We just look forward to all that you have for us the rest of this evening. We lift Javi to you as we pray in the wonderful name of Jesus. And again, we all agreed saying amen. Amen. Give Javi a warm welcome as he comes. Javi.
1: the Lord. Good evening, my audience. I hope that you had a great day. Thank you for having me here. Pastor, thank you for the invitation. I bet that you all were all expecting to see Vin Diesel because my car is out in the parking lot. Huh? I could see the girls' excitement as they walked through the entrance looking around for me. <laughs> I know that you all want my autograph. Yeah. Gentlemen, you too, I know that you are jealous of my green and black convertible race car.
2: Yeah. I know. You. I know. You.
1: I know that you want to own this awesome car so you could conquer girls but sorry it's mine in reality my name is javier chavez alias the sexy and handsome guy anyway today i have the awesome privilege to share my testimony with you. Pastor, please, could you lead us a prayer to ask the Lord for his
2: presence?
0: Father, thank you for Javi again tonight. Just anoint him, use him, bless him, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.
1: Thank you, God, for everything, especially for my convertible race car. As I'm standing in front of you, probably you are curious to know if I had got in a car accident or something like that. Nothing like that, thanks to God. I was actually born this way even cuter than today. (laughs) Due to my severe cerebral palsy, I have certain physical limitations, but I don't feel vegetated like doctors predicted I would be when I was born. Actually, I am. And feel very fortunate because I know the Lord, Jesus Christ, the sovereign God. I discovered that life without his holy presence isn't life. Yeah. It is for me, and I don't know if other people would agree with me. Therefore, I stopped to give ear to those who rumored that God is an unfair God, because it appears that he gives more blessings than others. Of course, there were times when the same thought ran into my head, but as I experienced life and God, I found out that he has been the most fair God ever, and God knows exactly what he is doing because he has a purpose for everything.
2: Well, yeah.
1: He blesses everyone tremendously because God yeah. supplies all our needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Yeah. Let's not get confused. God fulfills our need, not our vanity. Yeah. Later on, I will share a story when yeah. I ask God for my physical cure.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Perhaps you are asking yourself how person who is in this physical condition could exalt God in this manner? I will answer this question. I praise God because I fell in love with Him after I encountering Him several times in the spiritual atmosphere. With all my respect, I want to tell you just because we know of God, that doesn't mean we truly know Him. When my relationship with God wasn't strong, I would treat my prayers as if they were a lucky charm. Plus, I used to pray quickly. Plus, I used to pray quickly. In other words, I didn't give God the time to talk to me. I don't recommend traveling through life without God. Here is why. Satan will take advantage of us and our lack of knowledge when we don't know God personally. Yeah. Fellow friends, since God is real, Satan is also real with many tricks and much manipulation to deceive us. Satan doesn't make any exceptions for people. Of course, I wouldn't be the exception just because I have a disability. So therefore that doesn't leave me disqualified. If Satan had been a fictional red-mean character with horns and long tail, as my ancestor described him, then people would know what to expect and therefore we wouldn't get fooled by him. As everyone knows that Satan is a spirit, but he is a cruel spirit. Therefore, he disguises himself as an angel of light in order to fool people. And therefore, he makes us believe that our lifestyle is right. I know this because I have been fooled by Satan many times. All uh, right. Uh. Well, yeah. For an example, I lived a phase in my life, when I used to drink with my buddies, and therefore I thought that I was living life at the fullest, la vida, laka.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> During that phase, my quote-unquote buddies used to pick me up from my house, to go and party. I thought they were my friends because they used to assist me with my physical needs like feeding me and especially with my toileting needs. I think my buddies who I used to hang out with were nice. Actually in reality I believe that everyone can be nice and helpful except for Satan because he just looks for any opportunity to inject his poison. For this reason. I started to examine my daily activities to see if they are healthy because Satan was taking advantage of those party opportunities to hurt me. Yeah. His goal was to get me addicted to alcohol because he knows that alcoholics do not have quality of life yeah. and he wants me and everyone to be defeated without any hope and faith This is why I said that Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. When I noticed that heavily drinking was causing me health problems, I quit. I quit because I do not like to be sick at all. Folks, Satan doesn't always use real people. Sometimes he gets into our dreams and into our thoughts. I would like to share with you two strong experiences that I had. These experiences weren't pleasant, and therefore I want to ask you if you want to hear them. I could skip it and continue on. This could be creepy to some people. I don't want to scare you. Let's take a vote. Raise up your hand if you want to hear it.
2: Yeah. Ah, all right. All right.
1: One time while I was deeply sleeping in my bed in my bedroom alone, I literally felt my mattress moving. Yeah. You know how a mattress would move a little when a person sits down on the bed yeah. while you are lying down? Yeah. Well, this is how I felt. Yeah. I woke up and no one was there. It was in the middle of the night. I got scared, but I ignored it.
2: Yeah. Uh -uh.
1: Weeks or months passed and the same thing happened to me. But this time, it became more scary. Yeah. Friends, should I stop here or continue? Well, again, I was deeply sleeping when my mattress moved again. But this time, I felt as I was being strangled by someone. For a second, I prepared myself to die, basically, because I couldn't move or yell at all. It felt so real. I said to myself, as I felt hands on my neck, this is it. When I got to open my eyes, I expected to see a real person. Of course, there wasn't anyone there. Folks, some people could interpret these events as sleep paralysis, and maybe they were, but I know it must have been death or Satan, because God doesn't manifest this way. Satan has not only disturbed my sleeping, but he has been disturbing my daily peace with his blackmails using many unpleasant manipulations. I will give two quick examples how Satan used to do it. When I traveled on my electric wheelchair on the sidewalk, sometimes all of sudden, a manipulative thought came up saying that if I did not switch over on the other side of the road. Then my mother would die. Yeah. Other manipulation or tricks that Satan had me do was to enter or exit from yeah. a building going backward in my electric wheelchair because of Satan's blackmails. Sometimes his tricks and threats would vary. When I was with my mom and when she saw me acting yeah. strange, of course, she would ask, what is wrong? How come you're going in reverse? I answered, I don't know.
2: I I No what, what
1: I did. Folks, that was the truth. I didn't know what was going on inside of me.
2: Yeah.
1: I didn't know that when I had destructive moments, Satan was behind these manipulations. Yeah. But one day during a Bible study, God revealed and demonstrated to me that Satan had been disturbing my mind for a long time. On scripture, Ephesians 6, 12, God explained. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. But against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. But God didn't leave me with just that. God gave me the scripture to fight whenever weird and strange thoughts would come to my mind, 2 Corinthians 10.5. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God, and bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. When I grasped the scripture, 2 Timothy 1.7, For God gave us a spirit not of fear. But of power and love and self-control, I became free. plus, my mother told me and showed me how to rebuke him in God's name, which is Jesus Christ every time. When Satan throws his arrows of blackmails at me, I know how to fight back. It works because Satan can't with God. God is much stronger and bigger than Satan. <coughs> Like what I mentioned earlier, Satan doesn't care about people's physical condition. In other words, Uh, Satan isn't merciful with no one, especially to those who love God intensely with all their heart, soul, and mind. God. On the other hand, he is very merciful waiting for us to love him. All God wants from us is our heart and obedience in order to protect us from Satan. To continue with my testimony, I want to pause here to ask you some questions. To get you involved, so you won't fall asleep. My first question is, how many of you have been deeply in love?
2: Oh, oh, yeah.
1: It's a great feeling. I have experienced it.
2: Yeah.
1: When we are in love, we see life differently. Isn't this true?
2: Yeah.
1: In my case, whenever I am in love, it motivates and empowers me more to accomplish more things. My second question is how much time would you want to spend with your loved one? Um, (laughs) When we are in love, we usually want more hours in the day to spend with them. Isn't this true? I will tell you what I do when I'm in love. Maybe you will identify with me. (laughs) As soon as I wake up, I look for my phone to call her. (laughs) As soon as I wake up I look for my phone to call her during my breakfast I call her just because during my daily errands if I have free time I text her or email saying I love you or something like that I look forward to evenings to see my love Uh, Uh When I can't see her, we talk on the phone for hours. Usually we start by saying what we did during the day. And if I had a hard day, she comforts me and vice versa. Then we talk about nonsense and many foolish things. How many of you have experienced this? Let me tell you that with God it's the same procedure. We must cultivate our relationship with God daily.
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: We have to know and experience Him personally in order to fall in yeah. love with Him. Oh, yeah. My very first experience with God was in my bedroom watching a preaching on my television. Yeah. God told me right in my face that I shouldn't wait to go up to him when I get afflicted. yeah. Right there, I gave my whole life to God because I knew that God is the almighty and powerful God. And if I didn't accept him, I knew that I could lose everything, especially my mom.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: I knew everything good comes from God, Father of the lights. Also, he made me a promise to take care of me completely. Therefore, how could I forget this wonderful promise? After that awesome spiritual encounter, my heart knew that God is real, and I started to seek him in spirit and truth. I made him my internal spiritual partner rather than being a religious figure. I can't get lost anymore because God's Spirit guides me on to all truth through the Bible. Since I started to analyze the Bible, I have learned many great and valuable lessons. One of these instructions has been that I shouldn't live by following some particular emotional feelings because my heart is a deceitful organ. Yeah. Usually it wants vanity and pleasures. Yeah. I like to say, when God doesn't live in our hearts, we usually do anything. In other words, we let our human instincts guide us to do whatever. Oh, nah. Before I started to analyze the Bible, I thought that the Bible was a boarding book full of regulations and prohibitions. Guess what, folks? I was wrong.
2: Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah.
1: When I really started to analyze the Bible, especially the book of Proverbs, I could then stay away from that awesome book because I noticed that the Bible contains great counsels for me. How to live well. For God so loved me that he used his prophets and disciples in order to have the Bible written for me so I could be blessed through the Bible. It works because I'm happier and safer by loving God. But friends, the Bible isn't for me only. The Bible is for anyone who wants to accept it. But unfortunately, not everyone wants to. And therefore, they don't know what they're missing out on. Here is the awesome part about the Bible.
2: Well, yeah.
1: Even though the Bible has been written many years ago, its content and literature is still relevant Uh, because it has been refreshing people's souls from generations to generations simply because it's God's Word. On top of that, the Bible teaches and guides us into the truth, but the main purpose is to get closer to God. You see why I'm happier now? Yeah. Therefore, I could rejoice in his presence. I chit-chat with him every day, all day long. I sing to him because he is my love.
2: Yeah.
1: Plus, he is my refuge and my comforter. He gives me boldness and courage as a lion to continue living in a world of evil. This is why I love him. Yeah. Therefore, I would love for everyone to accept God in their heart, because he brings abundant life and joy. Uh, yeah. Friends, I would like to warn you, even with God, problems yeah. would rise up unexpectedly.
2: Uh, yeah. I know.
1: But the only difference is that he will help us to fight our battles. Yeah. Of course, I struggle with my flesh like everyone else. Yeah. I have my ups and downs yeah. for this reason. I suffer every time when I commit transgressions. Yeah. Since I've known God, I have experienced many yeah. marvelous things in my life right. that if I wanted to list them, I wouldn't have time to do it. But today, I want to share another experience that my eyes witnessed.
2: Yeah. No. 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 Yeah. Uh, uh.
1: I saw an awesome miracle. In my uh, congregation, there was a brother in a wheelchair. Uh, yeah. He couldn't move yeah. at all. We asked God to heal his physical condition.
2: Oh, yeah.
1: Less than two yeah. months, God healed him completely.
2: Yeah, yeah, but I can...
1: He was walking, working, and driving. That miracle was awesome. Yeah, yeah. No one could have told me about it because I saw it with yeah. my eyes. Okay. Friends, remember earlier I had mentioned that I would share a story asking God for my physical healing. Uh When I saw this brother get completely healed, I felt as if had been left out. Uh Of course, as human nature, I reproached God. I asked my God how come he received his miracle, and I won't. Friends, guess what my God answered me during a preaching. Uh, God told me out loud and clear, if I heal you, you wouldn't know what to do with your complete physical function. Guess what my answer was? Never mind God. God is right because if my physical condition is perfectly right, maybe I wouldn't love him. Plus, he needs me in this condition in order to fulfill his purpose only he knows. Later in the Bible, God gave me the final confirmation through this verse, Isaiah 55, 8. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, says the Lord. When my heart received this, it brought me great comfort. Friends, every time when God speaks, he always confirms it somehow. Sometimes through the Bible or during a preaching. Yeah. God will use any people and anything to deliver his message. yeah. yeah. But folks, I need to say yeah, that yeah. being in an authentic relationship with God oh. isn't always that cozy and easy because of Satan's interferences. Yeah. Satan would do many things in order to separate me from God using his favorite techniques which are doubts and crazy thoughts putting them into our minds. So every time doubts come in my heart, I just need to look at the beauty of my surroundings, all the beautiful flowers, colors on the trees, the singing birds, and remember who is the master of it all. In my opinion, one of the most beautiful performances occurs every time that God uses the male and female chromosomes inside a womb to transform chromosomes into an embryo and then into a baby. That process really impresses me. Scientists can have their opinions on how reproduction works, but I know that it is God working in it all. Yeah. I know that there can't be beauty in life without a creator, and this perfect creator is Christ. I have to admit that there are great scientists as well as doctors who are good at their job, but they are still human, and sometimes they can make mistakes on their diagnosis. I'm very glad that my mother didn't accept the doctor's diagnosis when I was born.
2: Yeah.
1: The doctor's prediction toward me was that I would be a living vegetable. Yeah. Also, I am glad that I listened to my mother when she told me to believe in myself. I consider that I'm a productive and active man. If you aren't familiar with disabled people like me, maybe you would assume that my life is dull, consisting in just living at home, sleeping, eating, watching Netflix, or attending school. Maybe special program for quote unquote handicapped people. Like how the famous saying says, Don't judge a book by its cover. Yeah. Thanks to my Lord, I have accomplished so many great things in my life. One of these accomplishments is that I have my small business called Divine Reflections. In Divine Reflections, I create and sell all occasional greeting cards. I compose all messages for my greeting cards. I don't make a lot of money because my cards aren't in any store yet. I make some money when I participate in Bakersfield's public events, for example, the first Friday event downtown. Also, folks, I have written my autobiography, and I title it, The Evidence of Her Love. I dedicated it to my mother because she deserves my respect. I published my autobiography in hopes of inspiring people to love life and to see it differently, not to get pity from people. Plus I wrote it in hopes to inspire parents who have children with some kind disability to give them more encouragement to fight for their success I believe my autobiography is a great inspirational, motivational, and humorous book for everyone. In the evidence of her love, I shared many emotional stories. For an example, I wrote how I felt on my first day of school away from my mammy. Would you like to know if I cried? Yeah. Purchase my autobiography.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I brought copies just in case if you would get the curiosity of the yeah. evidence of her love. Yeah. I need to make something clear.
2: Yeah,
1: My main purpose of today was to share my testimony with you, not to sell my book. If you want to purchase it, that's more than okay, and I hope you will enjoy it. Hopefully with my testimony you could raise awareness towards Satan's tricks, and especially God's love.
2: Yeah.
1: If Satan hasn't been merciful with me, would you believe that he will be with you?
2: Yeah. Well no.
1: Just think about it. Yeah. Friends, especially my youth buddies, love yourself. don't harm yourself by eating whatever that is out on the streets yeah. I know you are pretty smart people and therefore you know what I am referring to yeah.
2: Yeah. I, know.
1: I know that you have great and awesome goals don't limit your wings to fly low by saying that it's hard to conquer your dreams Challenge yourself to fly high to the highest surface of life by obtaining all your good goals, because simply you deserve the best of life, life itself. God has blessed you with great talents and abilities, so you could bless this world in return. Before I leave, I would love to give you an advice. Let's keep dwelling in the shadow of the Most High because he who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will be safe. Friends, in order to survive in this world full of corruptions and darkness, we desperately need God. Thank you. (laughs) Philippians 4.23 The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all.
2: Uh, Thank you you
0: So you'll know the book is on sale in the back there because I know you're dying to find out if he cried or not. Yeah. There's some other great stories in there too, huh, Avi? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, and it really will encourage your heart. Pretty amazing, isn't it? It's just such a, a humbling, humbling thought, you know, just we can so easily look at our life and think, man, and you look at Javi, and with all the, it seems like you know. Again, man looks at the outward appearance, but God looks upon the heart. Uh, there's no limitations there. You know, I can, you can, Javi can, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Amen, amen. Let's pray. And then uh, we're just what we're going to do tonight because of the need to get everything uh, uh, turned around here for the funeral i mean the wedding <laughs> on, on uh, saturday <clears throat> i'm going to have isaac come on up we're going to we'll sing we'll send you out with one song and uh, thank you for sticking around i know it was well well worth the time to listen powerful man so many things that uh, i know god spoke to every heart here and that was the goal that was the hope let's uh, rise to our feet we'll pray we'll send you out with a song and if you can stick around help us uh, relocate the chairs, it would be much appreciated. Father God, thank you for Javi tonight. Thank you for just a a wonderful testimony of your faithfulness in his life. Thank you for the encouragement, uh, Lord, that you brought through him to us tonight to look to you. Um, Lord, we know that the enemy of our soul It's a great reminder tonight that he's not merciful, but you are. And Lord, thank you for that mercy that you've lavished upon us. We pray for Javi that you'd open up doors for him, uh, Lord, that his message needs to, to be heard. Thank you, uh, Lord, for Pastor Mike Butler and, and the Ministry of New Options and just the impact that they're making in our community and the lives of, of people who, Lord, just need a chance, need an opportunity. And Lord, thank you again for loving us like you do We know that, Lord, you are magnified tonight. We know that you are glorified, and we just rejoice in that. And, Lord, help us as we sing this last song, Lord, just to be reminded afresh of your great love for us, Lord. May you know our love for you tonight, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's worship him.
2: This song's called Alabaster, and um, something that... I remember from this message, uh this message is that love, God's love is safe. Amen. of being near to you falling in love with you
0: may that first love never you. may it be revived to you be the glory in Jesus' name amen. Amen. amen 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 Okay, where's Kenny? Where's Tink? What do we need?